Performance On Demand Podcast, number eight. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Performance on Demand podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. Welcome everyone to another Performance on Demand podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard, and uh, this evening we do not have Jeremy Brown. However, uh, let me ask you this. If you were to want to practice shooting a gun and you pointed it straight up in the air and you shot, and maybe you shot 10, 20, 30 rounds, you just shot, how do you know that you are improving from shot to shot to shot? If you are trying to practice it to get better, how do you know that you are improving? How is it that you go about evaluating your performance when you shoot a gun in the air? And the answer is, is you can't. And that's what goal setting is about. So instead of shooting randomly in the air without any intent to head towards a goal, you can use a a metal plate or a cardboard box or something to where you put it on the ground and you aim towards it and you fire. And then when you fire, you see the hole, hopefully, maybe you missed the target, but that's okay too. You readjust, and then you shoot again, and you see where it's at, and you shoot again until you start becoming more and more consistent with your precision. That is what goal setting is all about. Interestingly enough, as an athlete, many Athletes, many coaches don't really go through the goal setting process properly. Uh, We oftentimes will use goals, but they probably could use an overhaul in how we apply them and how we actually go through the setting of goals. So, a couple of things before we get started regarding goal setting. Number one, the goal must be within your control. If you can't control it, it will not be a good goal. So if you have any goals right now which are out of your control, and I'll talk about one a little bit later, but if you you have a goal that's out of your control, whoever helped you set it, we need to have a conversation with them to say, hey, we need to adjust this goal so that it actually is something that I can control. Also, anyone setting goals should have the desire to want to achieve them. And if you don't have the desire to achieve them, it's not going to do anything for you. In fact, you know, we oftentimes speak of motivation, but personally, motivation doesn't really exist without some sort of goal, some sort of desire to want something. And then all of a sudden, motivation automatically kicks in. It's hard to have it the other way around when you don't have a goal and yet you need to be motivated towards something, but you don't know what it is. That's really, really hard. Uh, practically impossible. Also, when it comes to coach coaching, it's really important to understand that goals 
from a coaching perspective, goals should be that of the athlete and not that of the coach. I call that coach hijacking where a coach tries to promote his own goals or his own wants uh, onto an athlete. And sometimes you see this in parenting where you know, some maybe you know, a, a father wanted to play football as he was growing up, but he never did. He had a son and later on in life, he really wanted to put all his goals of being a football player on his son. And um, if you've ever experienced that or something of the nature, you realize how tough that can be on a relationship. It, and not only that, but psychologically how tough it can be both on the parent and the child. So it's really, really important to not hijack goal setting and ensure that the athlete or the business person or the, just someone in life uh, sets their own goals. And when I talk about coach hijacking, it could be parent hijacking, it could be, you know, uh, manager hijacking, but it's important to recognize that it's those direct and indirect interactions that could promote goals that are not the actual athletes. It's also important to understand that when you set goals with an athlete or you as an athlete, when you set your own goals, that you ensure that you tell those closest to you and that spend the most amount of time with you what goals you're setting and what they mean to you. The reason I say this is if you have uh, some sort of focus on, and we haven't really got to this point, but we will in a minute, process or performance goals. However, your family or your friends, are they're asking you about outcome goals, that's going to be a problem. It's going to actually interfere with your mindset a bit. And it may even begin to, or you may even begin to question yourself as to should you set outcome goals, which, well, you shouldn't. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. When you set goals, do you write them down? Because it's really, really, really important to write those goals down. In fact, not only should you write those goals down, you should also put them in a place where you can actually see them every day. You pay attention to them. You literally see them every day. When it comes to goals, feedback is really, 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 I keep going, important. It is very, very, very important to get feedback, not only on your performance, but also your behaviors surrounding what goal you are trying to achieve. And it's really, it's critical that you get feedback and that your coach provide it so that you know where you are at in regards to your goal. And, uh, you know, some coaches don't know how to do that. Some coaches do it really well, and other coaches don't do it well at all. So you have kind of a broad range of things that could come out of that. Just communicate with your coach about what it is that you want to know feedback-wise to keep you on the positive side of the goal-setting process. Again, as I said before, it's really, really, really important to write down your goals. It's also really, really, really important to write down how you're progressing. And you know, Sometimes we, we set a goal and we are progressing towards it, but we don't document it. For example, when it comes to fitness, uh, you oftentimes will see guys in the gym, well, men and women in the gym, 
as they go through their workouts, they literally write down what they did and how much they did. You know, I did 300 pound deadlifts for six reps. My next set, I did 360 deadlifts for four reps or whatever it may be. But they've documented that so that as they progress through their weeks and months of of training, they can actually go back and see that they've truly progressed. It's really hard to recognize where you are from where you were if you don't document how you're progressing day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever. And it also includes mentally. What is your mental, what is your mental, uh, are, are you positive? Are you, you know, are you having bad days? Are you getting better days? I mean, what is your RPE for the day? Are, are, is it, are you about an eight or a nine and feeling really good? Or are you having a three or four day? Because what you will find is as you progress your, and your confidence is improving and you feel better, your RPEs and stuff will actually improve with them. So when it comes to goal setting, how do you do that? And for those of you that know me, that have worked with me, you know that I am a big believer in SMART goals. And uh, the most recent improvement to the SMART goals is SMARTS with an additional S. And for people that do not know, you can look this up online. It's readily available all over the place. It's commonly used, but it's specific. So it's something precise that you are looking to accomplish it's measurable, so you can actually quantify it. It's uh, action-oriented, so it's something that you have to do in order to receive, to achieve it. Um, it is also reasonable, realistic, and it's actually, I mean, you want something that's a bit out of reach, but you also don't want something that's potentially impossible. If you want to be the best five-foot basketball player in the NBA, um... <laughs> Uh, that's going to be really, really hard. Not to say that you cannot do it, because you just you may very well be able to, but it's really, really hard, and it's probably not so realistic. I mean, if you're seven two, that's a different story. Uh, it also needs to be time bound, so it needs to be within a reasonable amount of time. And then the last thing, the S, is that it's self determined. You know, we talked about it earlier, ensuring that you don't have coaching that hijacks your goal-setting process, the goal must be self-determined. Now, once you set these goals, make sure you write them down. And make sure that you even know, it, it. this is even another thing that you can do. So once you set the goals, once you have something that's specific that you went through the SMARTS goals with, what is it going to take for you to get there? What skills do you need to arrive and the, you know whatever your time limits are that you've set, that you want to get there, how do you get there? And you need to write that down. In fact, you can even say one through five, here's all the skills I need, and your coach can help you do this as well. But one through five, this is what I need. And then here is from one to five scale where I feel like I am. Have your, uh, I'm sorry, have your coach do the same thing. After he, he's with you for a little bit, have him evaluate you too because oftentimes you're much harder on yourself than someone watching you that sees you from a much more neutral position. And uh, if those numbers do not line up, then sit down and talk about them because you may be seeing yourself a little more irrationally and not giving yourself enough credit. However, your coach should be able to help you see correctly so that they can focus 
on those twos and threes to bring them up to fours and fives. And maybe you have a one uh, being uh, your abilities low. And, it, you know, whatever it is, you just have the ability to see it from a different perspective so that you can actually improve on it. Now, one of the other things that I talk heavily about is the three main areas of goal settings. You have process goals, you have performance goals, and you have outcome goals. And this, if anything else, is absolutely critical from a mental perspective and from a performance perspective. It is critical to understand the differences. A lot of times people will put one with the other, and that's just, that's not the way it is. Understand the fundamentals of process, performance, and outcome. I will go through these to the, you know, as quickly as I can to make this podcast not terribly long. If you don't understand it, you're welcome to give me a call, email me, or just look it up. You can look it up online. It's, this stuff is not something that I, uh, you know, I didn't find a rock and found all this stuff scribed on the bottom of it. This is common sports psychology information. Process goals deal with mastery. When you work on a process goal, you're working on like your form. You're working on how the hand, if it comes, if it's a swim that you're working on, it's how your, your body turns on its side. It's how you breathe. It's how your head isn't so far out of the water that you're pushing a barge. Your head's down below the water so the water will flow over it. Or it's, you know, it's how your hand comes back in. If it's running, it may be your gait. It may be where your hips are. It may be where your arms are moving. You know, if it's biking, it may be how you, you know, the full, using the full rotation of the crank to have constant uh, power applied to both legs at all times. You know, it doesn't matter, even if it's in life and, um, you know, you want to do something well, you need to start at the fundamentals at the very, very core level. That is processes. This is where also your life will become automatic. When you build process structure so well that you can do these tasks in your sleep, you have built automation. And that's where your subconscious it takes over. And it con- it's just, you know, if you've ever run what I call running freely, you literally are running and you don't think about it, you just run. That is because you've built such a strong level of process goals that you just do it on automation. If you are thinking about running or biking or swimming in this regard, since we're talking about triathlons, if you literally have to think about it, you haven't done it enough to automate the process. And if you haven't done it enough to automate the process, it's in your conscious mind, not your subconscious mind. And in your subconscious mind, when things go awry, you start questioning everything that you do. And when you start questioning everything that you do, you can no longer focus on what it is that you're doing because it's not automatic. Therefore, one thing or the other, you can only think about one thing at a time. And so is it going to be on what you are not doing or is it going to be on what you are doing? And to be honest, the answer is neither. The answer should be that you run, bike, swim on automation and you don't have to think about it. That presents a whole other level of potential issues with a calm mind means you can start to think about anything and everything, but that's not what this podcast is about. All right, so once you move from 
process goals, you go to the next step, which is performance. And this is where you start to better your best. So your processes are hardened. They are in concrete and you can run, bike, swim, or do anything else that you want to do on automation. Performance is where you tie some sort of analytics to what you are doing. Maybe you have a performance goal that you need to get down to a seven-minute mile from a 7.30. And so maybe you're at 7.30 now, and because of the automation, you are working to push a little faster, do whatever it is from a coaching perspective, whatever they have prescribed to you as training to improve your time. As you start to improve, those times will come down. And that's, in, that's performance area. That's anything that's bettering your best. And so once you begin to better your best, the next goal range is outcome goals. And outcome goals are, to me, are the most dangerous. They're the ones that most people recognize and most people tend to get caught up in, especially right before a race. Outcome goals are to say, I'm going to run, I'm going to run this Ironman in, uh, you know, 13 hours or nine hours, and you think about it. The problem is when you're thinking about it, you don't realize how many, in, how many things are out of your control. Outcome goals are not in your control. control. Outcome goals are based upon, you know, maybe, the, maybe your outcome goal is you want to run first, you want to be in the top two or three of your age group. Do you know who the people in your age group are? Are they pro athletes and you are, you know, a novice athlete? Are they um, pro athletes and yet you are on your way to being an elite athlete? However, you're just not there up to the speed in which maybe the 30 or 40 other people in your age group are? Well, it doesn't mean that you didn't do well. You could still do your best. But when people put their outcome goals on an event, they can do their best, not achieve the outcome goal, and feel like they failed. And that is a really, really, really tough place to be. So how do you handle outcome goals? It is my personal opinion that outcome goals are great at the, at the beginning of a planning session for your goals. So you sit down with your coach or you talking to your coach on the, on the phone and he says, all right, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? And you say, I would love to, at some point in my life, I'd love to shoot for a 11-hour Ironman. And then he should ask you, okay, great. This is, this is where smarts come into play. So from a smart perspective, is it specific? Yes. Is it quantifiable? Yes. Is it action-oriented? Absolutely. Is it achievable? Yes. Uh, is it... Uh, can you do it within a reasonable uh, reasonable amount of time? So let's put a timeline on it. Let's say, sure, okay, let's look at where you are now. Let's look at what it's probably going to take you to get there. You know, what is it going to need uh, to win an Ironman or to win your age group? What is it, what's the, uh, the average we're looking at? And let's put a timeline on when we think we can actually do this. Now, one important piece to this is understanding the athlete's ability to train. Oftentimes... A goal like that might take two, three, or four years because the athlete doesn't have 
you know, a crazy amount of time to train. Maybe they have a full-time job, they have children, they have a husband or a wife to, to uh, tend to, and everyone needs their love. So maybe uh, the goal, in order for it to be a reasonable amount of time, we need to push it out a bit. And that's okay, too, because you can only work with what you have. You can't create more time unless you want to get up early in the morning or stay up late at night. There's always opportunities for that as well. But anyway... When it comes to the outcome goals, it's, it's only important in my perspective to set them for your training so that, you know, if you want to run a, a, you know, an eight minute mile marathon, if you don't present that at the beginning, then if your coach trains you for a 10 minute mile marathon, when you go to run, you're not going to make it. And then what's going to happen is you're going to feel like I should have run an eight-minute mile marathon. I just paid this coach all this money to have me achieve this goal, and I'm not even I'm not even close. So, when it comes to outcome goals, it's great for setting it up for uh, for your training. But beyond that, I don't believe in those. I believe everything that you could ever do and anything you could ever want is all in your process and your performance goals. If you follow a coach's order or, or his prescribed training, if you follow the training to approach to the outcome that you want at some point, then as long as you are doing the process work, as long as you are improving your performance, it will come. Now, the other thing to this, it's so, so, so important. They have to be adaptable. Things happen. Life happens. Problems happen. And if you get so set on anything being a constant, if you get so set on it being this or that and that's it, there's going to be a problem because the reality of it is life isn't like that. And there are times when things just happen. Family members get sick. Um, you know, your, your daughter gets sick, your, your husband gets sick, and you need to tend to them or maybe work becomes... Uh, maybe there's a big project at work and you have to spend more time on that. There are things that happen in which are out of your control and you have to be okay with that. And how you're, you become okay with that is that you make your goals adaptable. So if it, you know, if this week it doesn't, it doesn't work out, you do the best you can. You put forth the effort. If it's, you know, if you normally do a Monday, Tuesday and Friday training, say, no, I'm not doing Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. I want to do three days a week, and I'll give you three days a week. And as long as your coach says that's okay and it doesn't cause you to overtrain because you do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then you know have some sort of moderation in there to where you can adjust things as needed because you know life doesn't happen in the perfect world like we would want it to. Life isn't perfect. All right, so back to this process performance, and outcomes. It's really important also to understand that if you immediately go to performance goals without dealing with process goals and ensuring that they are accurate and as as effective as you can, then you might absolutely improve your performance. However, there is an extremely high likelihood that you will be doing it inefficiently. If your processes aren't hardened, there is a very strong likelihood that 
you are inefficient from a form perspective, which means while you're improving your performance, you are spending a ton of extra energy to get there. And in those situations, a coach needs to pull them back and say, look, we need to really focus here and get this process under control. Your speed will come automatically from it. But at, at this point, we need to focus on the fundamentals. If you've ever heard Coach Calipari, I am in Central Kentucky, so uh, go Big Blue. But Coach Calipari, when things go awry in the performances and stuff, that's what he goes to. It's always going back to the fundamentals. It's going down to the base of, of playing basketball. It's going down to the base level of running and swimming and all those things that, that you deal with in a triathlon. So make sure that uh, you don't pass one for the other. And if you do them in order, if you do them in order with goals that are properly set, you will achieve anything you want. That covers up my quick goal setting process, planning, and everything else in between. I hope you found this of use. If there are any questions, you can feel free to email me at craigwillard at u-discovered.com. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Craig Willard Sports Psychology or my website www.u-discovered.com. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks.